All right. How does this work? How, do, how does this work? <laughs> Much like Sidney Crosby, just turn your brain off and start yapping. Well, our team sucks now, and um, we're going to talk about how to deal with that. We'll record an actual intro later, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but um, I was thinking we could just do like quick round of fun stuff that's happened since we last checked in, and then a little Kit journey. Kit comes to America, then dealing with our feelings. <laughs> what I need to know is who genuinely made the better eggs, Chad or Gino? Well, Gino has experience making sad egg breakfast for himself, <laughs> but not for his friends. Remember that video where he makes it only for himself and his friends are just he hanging around? He might be giving around. himself like Teflon poisoning by using a fork to scrape up his nonstick pans. Listen, we've all been there. Well, I don't know about you. Maybe been you've there. been yeah. there. But-, <laughs> but Chad has just been voted the most cerebral. So Ooh. I think maybe maybe he has a brain cell that he sometimes uses. And yeah. the others are like, wow, damn. Plus, Gino had his classic just woke up face on, you know, where he looks kind of <laughs> rumpled. <laughs> like, he literally just rolled out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> he was being such a good sport about it, but you could tell that he was, like, he was entertaining it. But, like, he was, when he said, like, with your bullshit today, cut it out, I, he, he was he was dealing with it. But he said, listen, I am being a graceful loser. You shut up and eat your eggs and we'll get through this. Yeah, he just misunderstood that Cappy was flirting with him, not teasing him. And Dumo, okay, but also remember when we're talking about food quality, Dumo is the foodie of the team. Like we all know Sid likes to eat and he likes sweets, right? But Dumo is the educated foodie, Boston fish eater, wine connoisseur. And Dumo had some critiques if you watch that video back. Whereas, like, POJ was like, oh, my God, these are fabulous. And then Dumo was like, could be better. Yeah, a little soupy. <laughs> right. So it's like, whose eggs did Dumo have? Because they were lacking. I mean, it doesn't matter whose eggs P.O. Joseph had because I think he they could have served him just pure shells. And he would have been like, this is incredible. Be like, I love this. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> He's just a smiley boy. Naturally sunny disposition. That's beautiful. Yeah, Omelette Boy, that video was so painful for me that I had to watch it in like one second increments, like frame by frame. (laughs) And if we're to put our shipper hat on, the fact that Gino would not make eggs for Sid or Sid would not ask for eggs from Gino and Chad simply because they know the rituals are too intricate. And they Or Sid's gotten Teflon poisoning before. He's like, I'm not (laughs) doing that again. (laughs) You say putting on our shipper hat. So you mean like our Sid chef Jeff? Shipper hat Ooh, or um, <laughs> rare pair. You call it a rare pair. I call it a medium well done pair. Medium well done, sautéed with served with some greens. The most tender of pears. Yeah, I did think the real punishment was that they all had to eat Gino's, uh, <laughs> Gino's <bad> eggs. <laughs> you know, I felt like they won the shootout and then they lost the breakfast experience. What they won is uh, an exclusive experience that 
sadly none of us can get anymore which is gino's prison restaurant had like a one 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 morning only opening <laughs> a revival of gino's prison themed <laughs> restaurant well speaking of the outcome of the practice at the winter classic let's talk about the winter classic and how we <laughs> all suffered through it. i love it Beck. i love it i'm doing <laughs> so good i'm doing so good listen kit is working on german time we are it's late so all right well the winter classic broke my heart and what is wrong with the bruins i don't like it anymore i never liked it but <laughs> oh no i've long hated the bruins but... <laughs> no i mean i've always hated the bruins obviously i'm a human being in the world but the fact that they just can't lose <laughs> what's going on there what kind of spell did they work and can we work it you know I- i'm coming out as not a bruins hater okay or... Listen, I'm coming out as oh, formally formally not a Bruins <laughs> hater until this season. I've had enough. Wow. I've had it. You finally hit the end of your rope. Yeah, I've always been kind of like fondly annoyed by the Bruins. Like, oh, the Bruins. But now it's like, no, seriously, stop it. Stop it. Stop, stop now. Stop being good. It's just not right. It's not right. You don't like to see anybody win that much except us. <laughs> but even if we were winning that much, would we be enjoying it? I don't know. I think I'd be suspicious. I had a bad winter classic experience, so I watched it at home. I was at my um, parents' place for the holidays, and I had the misfortune of like watching my team lose while around my father, which never ends well, because I am a sore loser. And I try to keep a lid on it most of the time is I understand that it's like highly unpleasant. But uh, I regret to inform everyone that I've been like this since I was a child playing sports. And I just think it's like, unfortunately, like a character defect. And somehow my father knows this being the one who raised me, but seems to unwilling to accept it. Because I, of course, was like watching the team lose, was not reacting well because it's like this big, important game. And I hate losing to the Bruins. And so he and my mom had taken the dog for a walk, like, in the dying minutes of the last period and so like i like shut it off as soon as i knew we were losing and i was like screw this whatever and then so they come back and my dad's like oh well the team did they lose and i was like yeah he was like i guess i won't ask about it then i'm like why would i want to talk about my team losing (laughs) i don't like what do you mean of course i'm gonna say yeah It, it, it cracked me up i'm just like dad you've been he's been so conditioned by like the horrible Chicago sports over the years. He's just been conditioned by like years of bad sports teams to like take losing gracefully on the chin. Whereas I don't have that luxury. So (laughs) I'm like, listen, I'm going to be upset about it. And I'm just going to focus on what happened the day before, which was all the fun, funny outfits and not think about the actual game. That was the purpose of all those fun, funny outfits. It was such a heartbreaker because I really thought until the last second that we might go into OT. Yeah, and then we could lose an OT, but we'd lose with dignity, you know? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. The family photo shoot and the various costume changes the day before, that did soften it a little bit, but that was still pretty painful. I was grateful for the distraction. I'm like, listen, I like now I'm fully on board with the fun new jerseys. They put everyone in these funky little hats. We all had a good time. And that meant immediately after us losing the game, I could just go, okay, you know what? I'm going to look at pictures from yesterday and it's going to be fine. We're going to get through this. Yeah. And that will be the theme of this podcast. Just getting through it. <laughs> getting through Penguins hockey. <laughs> the grim march forward. We're like that penguin from the Warner House documentary that just keeps walking. Do you know the one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just <gasps> yeah. Walking. He, walking towards the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. Towards imminent death or whatever. Yep. That's us. 
<laughs> now we have a really good uh, segue into our next bit, but not really what we wanted to do chronologically. Let's go for it. I forgot how to podcast. Yeah, make the segue, Kit. Go for it. So losing the Winter Classic didn't feel good. Didn't feel great about it. But um, how do we feel about the season overall? <laughs> how do we feel about our, <laughs> our various streaks? Uh, <laughs> well, we are currently on a one-game winning streak, so I think we can Yay. all feel pretty good about that, right? Go team. I just, do you remember when, I often think about this, but in the very first game, Bob said something like, I don't know, Bob was just ready to break out the champagne, like, they're going to win the cup, you know, all the way. <laughs> and I feel like Bob just has this really incredible ability to jinx us at crucial moments in the game by yes. being like, you never know, they could win it all. <laughs> and I just wonder sometimes if maybe he put a curse on this entire season in the first moments of the first game. But I don't know. I'm not I'm not laying blame at his door. I'm just saying it's uh suspicious. If I could forgive anyone a curse, I mean, maybe Bob. He's done so much for us. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so how do you deal with the disappointment? How do we deal with that? Because I've gone through probably all the stages of grief at some point, but I'm I'm trying to get better at it. That was one of my new season's resolutions so now that we're halfway through the season how does the new season's resolution look well kit what have you been what have your strategies been what has your experience of the season been like well this season is kind of special because there are just not a lot of games that i can watch in my time zone not a lot of penguins games so for me, the the Penguins experience right now is more like uh, waking up in the morning, checking my phone, like bleary eyed, seeing the score, and then either going nice or ugh. <laughs> and that has made losing easier. It's still not great, like that being the first thing you see in the morning. But the fact that I only watch, you know, the recaps and, and listen to the podcasts and everything when we win just makes it seem like we're eternally always winning and that's exactly what I want for my team so uh that's made it a little bit easier but also just like trying to find other things you know not only looking at the w or the l at the end but what happened to the game if there was any fun shenanigans I'm, I'm trying to get my little morsels of joy from that Beck how about you I'm wondering if I should go last just because I have a slightly different you're the most well-adjusted of all of us. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, we'll save that then. Um, yeah, I feel kind of like Kit. I feel like my absolute lowest moment of the season so far was at that Kraken game back that we went to. The one where he had all those goals called back, advantaging us, and then we still lost, you know. And like during the intermission, I just went out and wandered the sea of people, you know, <laughs> just having my feelings. And so it's really been up from there, you know, even though we've continued losing well, we won for a little bit and then lost a bunch again. I feel like I'm handling it a little bit better. I'm getting better about not looking at Twitter. I'm doing okay at not reading Yohi's observations if I think he's going to be really down about the guys. And that was one of my resolutions is to just be not engaged with the beat reporters when things are going bad because they, you know, will always make me feel way worse. I think this season definitely feels different. I feel like we've had patches before that feel rough. This one just feels like we've not really had a lot of times where we've had it all together. And so that's kind of making it harder, too, that it just feels like maybe this roster just isn't 
very good. And so there's a limit. I feel like maybe we've met the limit of what Soli's really good coaching <laughs> can do with this roster. And then we also, we have, of course, like a lot of guys, key guys out, which doesn't help. But yeah, I don't know. Like it just, it has felt worse existentially, but I think my day to day, I've been a little bit better at, at dealing with it. And then I have I have decided recently to begin measuring our W's by a different metric. And so that has brought me a lot of joy. I have my list of things that I'm looking for in a game. And I felt like even yesterday when it seemed like we were going to lose to the Anaheim Ducks, <laughs> I managed to weather it because I was looking for the funny things that happen in the game instead of, you know, watching us blow another lead or like give up stupid goals or whatever. But I don't know. It's kind of sad. Like it kind of feels like the season is kind of a bust, you know, or like heading in that direction. But um, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I don't know. Beck? I'm doing fine. I just something that I kind of struggle with is that I think I'm doing sports wrong in a way (laughs) because I disengage in a very specific way that a lot of other people aren't doing. And I think it's a little like categorically strange just given my like proximity to the team, but that's my, that's why I do it, I think. So my philosophy about like moving to a new city for a hockey team and going all in on fandom and whatever is that I uprooted my life for this. I need to enjoy it. If at any point this becomes a thing that makes me miserable, a lot of stuff starts falling apart. It's like unacceptable for, for that to happen. So I just don't let that happen and it's worked out really well for me though I think it can make me a bit of a like the opposite of a Debbie Downer like a toxic positivity force (laughs) in a way because I have my emotions burn hot and fast so like you know I'm a sore loser I hate losing but I can also just like purge those emotions pretty immediately and I need to do that because that's how I like keep myself happy and sane and what have you so yeah I get upset about stuff but I also just have to be able to drop it pretty immediately because if I allow myself to get pulled into the swirling vortex of horrible feelings I'm not going to get out that's not how my personality works so maybe we haven't been doing that great this season but like I kind of don't like I don't read the negative articles I don't when Twitter's pissing me off I get off of Twitter when I don't know even when people are spiraling I like either try to talk them out of it and then when I can't I sometimes will like try to be positive and then sometimes that annoys them so then I just stop and then I just kind of let everyone cool off and then we can reconvene when everyone's happy again and like that's kind of worked for me so far and that's just consistently how I've made this bearable for me because for me it's like the stakes are so high that I need to keep them low stakes. I can't let this be a bad thing in my life so I gotta make it a good thing in my life and we gotta find a way to do it and I think I found a way to do it and so when it comes to like oh my god the season is horrible you know we're losing we're not gonna make playoffs I'm like okay I mean part of it is helpful that I'm not a traditional sports fan like I care much more about the narratives of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris the Tang than I do our win record at the end of the day like I've already like and also I'm speaking from the privileged place of already having seen a cup win so like I've had my day in the sun I got my contract signed that I wanted to see signed I'm just hitched to the wagon for the rest of the ride And I need to make that a happy experience for myself as I go along. So as soon as it starts getting like negative and dire, I just go, okay, and then remove myself from the situation. (laughs) So 
That makes sense. I was thinking about that this week. I feel like it is kind of different that you've seen them win the cup, you know, whereas we've only seen them get knocked out in the first round (laughs) or this time maybe not qualify for the playoffs at all. It's just kind of that feeling of like, and I I don't say this in like a doom and gloom way because I'm having a great time in the fandom, you know, but it's like, oh, so, so this team's best years are probably behind them. And we came on a little bit too late to see that. And so we know all this history and this lore and whatever. And that's really fun to have that as part of the fanish history, but it's not like my personal history with the team. You know what I mean? So like my personal history with the team has been marked largely by like postseason defeats of varying degrees of utter devastation, you know, <laughs> ranging from like the bubble, like I don't know what that was to like last year, which really gutted me. Um, no, that makes sense. I mean, I, I missed the 2016 Cup, but I saw Sid win the World Cup of Hockey in 2016. Then I saw the Cup win after that. And so, you know, I saw I walked in in the middle of that winning streak between the two cups and what have you. So that really laid the groundwork for the kind of fandom I wanted to engage in. And I think also something that you mentioned made me curious and interested because you said that you're able to have a good fandom experience while also having a bad like hockey experience. And that's interesting because I struggle to do the same. Like if someone is like, maybe this is just me being unable to like, read the emotions properly but if someone is like oh my god this team sucks everything is horrible like we're not gonna make playoffs this is like a bust I'm like oh my god they're having a miserable time but like maybe that's not the case maybe they're like oh but I'm still like reading my fic and enjoying my my guys so it's all fine whereas I think I need a tonally consistent narrative so unfortunately that means I have to be like head in the sand ostrich about the season sometimes because if I'm down about the hockey I feel like I'm going to get down about my fandom participation and I can't really separate them out very well. For me, there are like different flavors of fandom participation where I find it really hard to deal with, especially like the Twitter chatter the day after a loss or like the night of a loss. Like I just find it really draining. I don't like to go on Twitter after we lose because there's there's something about that like specific irony of Twitter that's like some people just like genuinely being like, upset and annoyed and then some people being like playfully mad at the team and it's all like ugh, just kind of grating just you know for me personally uh but then there's like the kind of fandom that's like completely sort of removed from the game itself at least more removed you know like the the more transformative stuff and i find that like winning or losing doesn't have a huge impact for my enjoyment of that much more so you know, that uh, the Gino contract gate thing have an impact because that was genuinely something I was so scared of. But winning and losing at the end of the day, like, to me is not as scary as, like, trading one of our guys. So that doesn't really impact my experience of the transformative side of fandom. I feel like for me, there's kind of three layers or levels. Like one is the purely transformative fandom, just the fic writing and engaging and plotting and stuff. And like, no matter what is happening in real life hockey, that doesn't impact the joy that I find. And like, I don't know, like discussing fic ideas with you guys or like plotting something or reading outlines or whatever. 
yeah, I think the only thing that's like jeopardized that was the Gino contract thing. And now that's fine. So we're fine, whatever. So I feel like that's one part for me. And then I, I do think like Twitter and like kind of mainstream sports fandom is one part. And that's the part that sours the most quickly. And like that I can't like you, like I have to disengage from and like make myself not read if it's going to really grate on me or bum me out. But then I feel like there's like kind of a middle ground, which is like the live blogging crew, you know, and that experience is like a mix of the real hockey, like mainstream and transformative fandom stuff because you're doing it with your friends. And I feel like that's something I've always loved about hockey fandom is the live blogging the games with people and just people being so funny and like joking around about things that are happening in the game. And then I think what makes me sad is just like when we're losing, unless people are making a really concerted effort to still be in a good mood about that, that can also get, that can really bum me out too. So I don't know. I'm, what I'm trying to do is to be more, um, be more like positive in that space, you know, and like find funny things in the game, even if I'm having kind of a miserable time from a like win loss record perspective, but I don't know if that makes sense. And I know that doesn't really apply to you because that's outside of your time zone, you know, (laughs) like, but I do feel like that's a separate layer of fandom for me. That's kind of a blend of the two, like the purely transformative fandom disconnected from reality and the like purely mainstream disconnected from transformative stuff. I fully agree with you, Jess. And I think like I resonate a lot with that, especially talking about how if a game is going, going poorly, how does that impact how we are interacting with others in our fandom space. And I see a lot of parallels to that. I'm I'm not as active of a live blogger as you are because I am simply not as funny as you are, but I envy your ability to do that. And I can compare it to, I feel that way a lot when I go to games. And sometimes I go a lot with a certain friend of mine who, if the game goes poorly, she will not have a good experience. Whereas if I paid to be there, I'm going to try and have as good of a time as I physically possibly can. And so a lot of my, when I go to games with her, part of the game experience is me like running a comedy show, trying to keep her like (laughs) in a good mood so we can collectively have a good mood. And that's like, I, that's how I feel about the live blog too. If I'm going to be in community doing something with other people about these games, I need to be doing it in a way in which I'm having a good time, even if the Penguins are not having a good time. And so I, it's challenging, like you said, to do that, to try and keep you know, the momentum going and keep everyone in a good mood. But also everyone has different tolerances of like how much negativity they can handle. My threshold is very low. Some people need to be like negative in order to like work through those feelings. And so it's a matter of just trying to make sure that, you know, you're having a joke, good time and you can do what you want. Another person can do what they want. And you're all just trying to get through something that is like on paper, not good, but you still want the community to have a good experience. You're definitely right what you said there about the game in person being a completely different experience when it comes to wins and losses. Like when I'm at a game and it's looking to be a massive L, um, <laughs> I'm still like, oh, you know, this is this is still a fun experience. You know, like I'm here, I'm I'm having fun. I don't know, like I can I can watch them zoom around on the ice. Like this is fun, but. If I'm watching the same game on TV, I'm like, ugh, turn it off. This is this is miserable. Oh yeah, I unlike watching games on mute. I'm like, get out of here. I'm done with you guys. But if I'm at a game, you know, gotta try and have fun. And I think something I've tried to really take to heart with, and some of the beat writers that I like have said, is that you need to be like appreciating every time like Sid gets out on the ice these days because his career is in its later stages. And so that's something that I 
am trying to like consciously do as I go to games and as I watch him play. And I think you can do this too if you're watching on TV, but I think it's just easier to like focus on it if you're in person just because you know like I think the the Gino contract situation over the summer was a little bit of a come to Jesus moment about like oh my oh fuck like this is going to end one day and like that was like our moment of like is it now luckily it wasn't but I think that kind of gave me the new focus of like okay even if we get like super blown out even if Sid isn't playing his best right now even if all these other factors at the very least, I can say, okay, but I came to this game or I'm going to watch this game on TV and I'm going to try and enjoy it because I only get so much time to watch this guy play. And that is what I'm here to witness, you know? So I think that's been like a helpful kind of transition in order to like try and find something new to focus on if the game isn't going well, because that's something that still matters to me. I like witness there in like the evangelical sense, you know, like you were here to witness. <laughs> You're talking to an ex-Catholic buddy, of okay? We're, yeah. <laughs> we're coming from different traditions here, yeah. but <laughs> but I mean, I'll lead the cult of the charismatic evangelical cult of Sidney Crosby. Why not? Yeah, I think you already are though the oh, the well. de facto leader. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. That makes sense. And I think I think for me, it's funny that you said that because sometimes when they say that, that stresses me out more because I'm like, oh, my God, we're me wasting too. like these beautiful years, you know. <laughs> Am I appreciating it right now? Is this appreciating? Should I appreciate more? <laughs> but I do find like, so I, I mean, like definitely trying to find joy in, in that way. But then for me, it's also just I feel like when I'm when we suck and I'm having a good time, it's because I'm really zeroing in on like the funny small details, you know? So like the epic Bob Mirzy slow burn romance that we've all been witnessing, you know, <laughs> like, you know, or like my love of Brian Dumoulin and the way that I track how many nice things people say about him, even though he's not playing so well or whatever, you know, like, I feel like I have to like really zoom in on like the almost like the side characters because if I think too much about Sidney Crosby being disappointed (laughs) that hurts me (laughs) or like us like wasting or whatever you know wasting his his career like but I do find like if I if I start thinking about the supporting cast then I feel more um I don't know it all just seems to matter less it's less weight on on the win or the loss I don't know yeah there's something to be said for a comedy loss as well you know, True. there's there's the heartbreakers, and then there's the ones, the ones where you're like, oh, so they they just forgot to play today. Okay, okay, <laughs> I see what's going on. They they just they just don't remember that they're supposed to play ice hockey. So, if you were to give one piece of advice on how to not have a miserable time when your team is maybe a little miserable, what would it be? Okay, mine is to define your own metrics for a a W. It can take the form of a list of 10 things, for instance, or it could be like a bingo card. But I feel like for me, that seems to make a big difference because then I can still have a silly fun time with the live blogging without thinking too much about my team's uh, fortunes. (laughs) I think, hmm, you know what? My advice is don't be afraid to just turn it off. You know, don't be afraid to just, if it sucks, hit the bricks. Um, you don't have to actually, you know, martyr yourself uh, and watch a miserable loss when you see it coming. Just turn it off. Do something else. Th- that saved me so many times. Just like being like, nope, today, tonight is not for me. I'm moving on and they will play another game tomorrow. For me, I think all I can say is this is my hobby and I come here to have fun. 
And if at any point it's not fun for me, I need to either change what I'm doing or change what I'm witnessing. And since I can't get on the ice and make them a better team, because getting on the ice would make them a worse team immediately, I just find ways to make it enjoyable or I remove myself from the situation. And I think that's brought me a lot of peace. And I've, again, it might be like an ignorance is bliss kind of situation (laughs) as I am like not as aware of other teams in the standings as other people are, or, you know, or, you know, everyone's stats at the end of the night. I do not keep track of that, but it's led to a really pleasant fandom experience on my end. And I don't know if I would recommend it because it doesn't work for every personality, but I've enjoyed it. So sometimes not knowing is good. I would love to see Ebuck Ebeck. I would prefer not to because I don't think I don't think being that short on a hockey team would be that good. I think I'd be decapitated immediately. So thank you, but no thank you. And also Sidney Crosby might poison me to get my job. That's yeah, that's that the real danger. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of uh enjoying the the non-hockey aspects of hockey, the non-playing aspects of hockey. Um, we had a lot of exciting things happening. For example, Gino's 1K game. It feels a million years ago, but <laughs> we recorded a million years ago. And yeah, two of us got to see it in person. Um, Beck, take it away. Yeah, so the 10 gig the 10k game was in Chicago. 10k. Oh my god. Not quite. He is not he's not played 10,000 games in the <laughs> NHL. Sidney Crosby has his way. <laughs> when he's fully a metal man made out of robot, he will play 10,000 games. But um Evgeny Malkin's 1000th game in Chicago, fabulous. I went with my family. It was the first time any of them had been to a hockey game. Um got to go see the United Center. It was very fun. Um it's also intimidatingly huge. No, thank you. I'm grateful. That is not my home arena. It is too big. Um, So glad we won. That was really enjoyable. Woohoo. And then I immediately got to fly back to Pittsburgh to meet up with Kit to see the ceremony and another game, which was very fun. Oh, it was incredible. And we got so much hockey for our money. I mean, OT, shootout, the ceremony. There was just there was so much happening. It felt like an entire like week's worth of experiences happening in that one night. It was incredible. So Kit, tell me, how does it feel to see your silly little guys from your computer in real life skating around in front of you, like at warm-ups and stuff like that? So it wasn't my first NHL game. That was like a week or two earlier, actually, when I saw the Avs play the Capitals. And I think that was nice for me to kind of like dip my toes into it because it was like, oh, the Avs, I love those guys. Um, But it wasn't like, you know, they're not like my guys, my guys. They're like guys I like, which I know, I know back, this is not really your, your forte, but I I do like, I do like other teams, um, even though they're not like my guys. So that was kind of like a nice way to, to get into watching a game because, you know, we, saw them uh, zoom around at warm-up and I got to see Nate Mac being weirdly intense and I got to see Kayla Carr's uh, blushing milkmaid cheeks. Um, oh, beautiful. So, yeah. yeah, it was like, oh, wow, those are the guys from, you know, hockey, <laughs> but in real. Um, but it wasn't yet, you know, Sid and Gino, so I could I could kind of warm up to the idea and, you know, just get used to 
how kind of an, an NHL game works if you're actually there. And then seeing the pens, I don't know, there was something very surreal about it, but I I was thinking a lot about uh, Jess when you saw them for the first time and you said like it was like this experience of almost going like, oh, like they're just some guys, you know, like almost yeah. disillusioning. <laughs> and I didn't really feel that at all. For me, it was just like, I was just so giddy. I was just like, I don't know, very, very excited. And then at warm-ups, I just remember, like, at some point, Sid, like, stood, like, directly in front of us. And I just thought, like, too close, too close, too close. Go away. Go away. <laughs> like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. This is too close. But I got over myself, and I enjoyed it so much. The ceremony, it was just incredible, like, seeing not only what you could see on the screen, you know, like... um Gino and um, his family but also like seeing the reactions of the bench it's just it was really 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 great I had such a good experience the only downside of of watching a game live is that there are other people around you and apparently they're allowed to talk even though like even though I'm watching the game and I don't mean Beck who is uh commenting on the game which is so much Shut fun to love <laughs> no this is the best i i really enjoy Beck. i like when Beck tells them what to do on the ice you know? exactly <laughs> and i'm like yeah yeah listen to the coach coach Beck. yeah uh, coach Beck. <laughs> it's so embarrassing i mean people with like the worst opinions and sentences you've ever heard in your life are just somehow sitting around you and talking and you're like they let you out of the house <laughs> why and that's definitely, yeah, that, <laughs> that kind of threw me off. But overall, I don't know, it just made me fall in love with the game, like, in a completely new way. And I immediately want to go again, but I can't, but I want to. Yeah, it really, it's easy for me now to say, like, it it doesn't matter if if it's a win or a loss if you're there in person, because both the games that I attended were wins. So, you know, it's easy for me to say, but... I really do think it's like a difference because it's like the game is definitely like a big part of the whole experience of watching uh, an NHL game, like the outcome. But it's about so much more than that when you're there. And something I'm really grateful for is that like not only were you there for such an important game, just like there was a ceremony, whatever, and it got that picture perfect ending with Gino getting the uh, the shootout winner, but what I was really grateful for was how good the fans were for our listeners. If you, if you can recall that game is one in which Gino drew a, no, had a penalty called on him like late in the third. And it was a very bad call. He shouldn't have gotten called for it. And the audience was quite displeased with the proceedings and there was a lot of booing going on and it was very entertaining because every time the flames had the puck. There'd just be this chorus of boos. And then when the pens got it back, there'd be cheers. And that continued all the way into the shootout where, you know, they'd be booing if, if one of the ducks was going and they'd be cheering if one of the penguins went. And I just found like the energy was so fabulous. And some of that can be contributed to it being a pre Thanksgiving game, which tend to get rowdy, but it was like, again, really good energy, which isn't always present at PBG paints. So I think that really, heightened the experience overall between it being like a ceremonial game 
and it being, you know, your first game seeing the Penguins and having such a good crowd, I think it combined to make it a really, really good experience. Oh, that crowd was so good. You can just imagine, like, it was like a little um, game you could, you know, play along in the audience because it was just like um, the pens on the PP and then obviously like the puck going from the pens to the flames and back. And it was just like, boo, yay, <laughs> boo, yay. It was, everyone was so into it. It was incredible. <laughs> No, that's one of my favorite games I've ever attended. It was, it was fabulous. It was so fun. So I'm really grateful that you were able to come and experience Penguins hockey in Pittsburgh itself. So it was, it yeah, was a good thanks time. To, thanks to my um, incredible host, Beck, of course. Yeah, I need, I need that five-star uh, TripAdvisor review right now. Oh, you're, get, you're getting six stars. I'm, I'm hacking in. Though I do regret I was not able to deliver a patented run-in with a Penguins member. member. While you were in town, normally I can I get lucky enough where for some reason when friends come to visit me, I have like an uncanny knack of like running into like minor level Penguins players out and about at like dinner or at bars or whatever. Like not in an interactive way, just like they'll walk past us and be like, oh my God, that was Dan Heinen or whatever, you know, which is usually it's not me who recognizes them because I am not face blind like a horse girl. But I am like a little like I'm not if I'm not paying attention, I'm not paying attention. So unfortunately, I was not able to orchestrate one of those because you were not in town for very long. But we'll we'll see next time if if I can wrangle someone else cropping up in a random place. I hope we see my baby girl. <laughs> oh, Dumo. No, see, I've never managed anyone in like the top six. Okay, like, but now he's not really in the top six anymore, you know? So it's right. like, yeah, you maybe know, it's like maybe he's been downgraded fall, enough. Here are my chances of seeing right. him. I was on a flight with Dan Potash last year, I think it was. I didn't realize it until I looked up and the guy in front of me in like the line to board the plane had a AT&T sports. No, it was back, no, it was his Roots Sports. Before they were acquired, it was Roots Sports backpack and it had a little penguins logo on it and i like looked up and like tilted i was like oh it's dan okay <laughs> all right hi i didn't say anything but I was like, one thing right. i like to think about is is the question the torturously structured question that i would ask dan potash if i were interviewing <laughs> oh. him <laughs> I haven't I haven't hit upon it yet, but it's like I just really enjoy thinking about how if I could if I could trick the trickster god, you know. Oh, that's hubris. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, hubris. Yeah. They all think that. They all think that. And then you're just gonna stand there and be like, uh well, Dan, we we we've tried to play a full sixty minutes, sweat <laughs> dripping down your face. Yeah, he would definitely merge the victor in that in that contest of wills. <laughs> I, I truly enjoy how, like, I feel like this season, especially maybe because we are, listen, I've, I don't think we're bad. We are at most mid, if you look at the standings. But because we're so, we're so aggressively mid this season, I feel like the kind of, like, minor characters, like you said, um, really have their time to shine, you know? Which is weird because obviously, like, it's it's this triumphant return of, of the core um you have Gino, you have you have Tanger, everyone came back, but something about this season just makes me think, hmm, what about what about Bob and Mirzi? <laughs> what about them? <laughs> well, I think too, there's always been minor characters. It's just some of them 
used to be minor and they aren't anymore. Like, I was there for Jake Gensel's first game. Not, I wasn't there physically. I was watching the game. So, like, I remember when he was a nobody. And so, and now, of course, he's not anymore. So that was kind of, that's been kind of fun to, like, watch happen. But I've liked how fandom, and I feel like you are kind of directly responsible for this, Jess, has taken to appreciating the, like, broadcast crew. Like, we always used to, like, joke about Jay's telestrations, but I don't know that there was as much, like, fandomish talk about it before. So I've really enjoyed that new development. It's just a fun cast, you know? We got some wacky characters. Like, Potash is such an interesting, uh, interesting fellow. <laughs> and then I do love Bob. I just love that Bob, um, I feel like I relate to Bob in that I think that he gets really... Uh, the emotions of the game you know if it's if it's all going well he's like we're gonna live forever we're gonna win the cup you know <laughs> as soon as it starts going badly you could be <laughs> see him being like what's what is what's the point you know <laughs> i just i just enjoy watching him and then Mirzi's like the steady presence yeah good good supporting cast you know what do we do we how do we how do we get away from this segment <laughs> so clueless this is just like a potash mind puzzler well, if we're talking about all the different guys and all the supporting cast, we can talk about how they gave out the yearbook last night at the game. Oh. And I got my hands on it because I went to the game last night and I was enjoying flipping through it. And as you guys saw, um, it was posted on Twitter that they put some guys on the roster of how they got voted in by other members of the team. So we got like the guy with the biggest heart and the guy with the best eyes the funniest guy the nicest yeah eyes. nicest eyes <laughs> nicest eyes right most beautiful enchanting eyes yeah or like or like i interpret it as like kindest eyes you know it's like the one you want to fall in love with you know? i respectfully just i don't think any of them are thinking like that <laughs> well you know the one with the glittering orbs so how about this can you give any superlatives to our supporting cast can you give anything to sully or anything to bob and mirzi Ooh. I think I think maybe maybe Mirzi would be like best like how do you say that? Maybe Mirzi could be like best emotional support. Or he's like he's like so good at like being like the calm and steady presence yeah. to <laughs> Bob's exciting outbursts. Best unqualified therapist. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, what would I give Soli? Uh he's certainly not winning the best mustache category. Yeah, 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 no, yeah that was yeah. That was a strikeout, bud. That did not work. Maybe best at uh, attempting murder with his eyes. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes with his mouth, you know, sometimes it's... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Telepathic murder. Yeah. I just thought it was funny from the actual superlatives. I thought it was so funny that Jason Zucker got like seven different nominations and some guys didn't get any. (laughs) Everyone was like, that guy! (laughs) What cracked me up about that was that he got all these nominations, and yet Dumo won the glue guy, which which I found very funny. I think it might be because, like, Dumo's got the A right now, and, like, he's been around for longer than Jason. But, like, if you're talking to me about, like, a personality guy who is, like, a room glue, I would have gone for, for Jason. But I guess Dumo is being, like, quiet and lovable in the background somewhere. Seeing Jason Zucker at warm-ups was just such a delight he was grinning the entire time like hitting guys smiling shouting he was having the time of his life yeah we all got to channel that energy when we're watching hockey you know like how is jason zucker feeling at warm-ups last night i was watching them from a different vantage point from my typical one and he like part of his ritual was like beating up 
Chad and who else was it? It might have been Danton. I can't remember. But he like whacked both of them over the head with his stick and like mugged them at one point. It was very like they were giggling about it. They were very enchanted by him while he was doing this. But he was like, that guy is high on life for something else because he is having the best time humanly possible in these moments. It was very entertaining to watch. I also feel like the Gino and Jason romance is like blossoming a little bit. You know, I don't think it's like a love story, but you know, didn't we discuss Spark? Yeah, (laughs) didn't we discuss that he is like the kneeler edge without the dirtbag qualities? Oh yeah, yeah. He's loud and energetic and like has some swagger to him, but he doesn't have like the quintessential James Neal dirtbag experience about him. And, like, Gino loved Neil. And so I think if, if Jason is, like, worming his way into a slightly older Gino's heart in the same way, that would be very entertaining. Speaking of romance, I mean, they gave us, the Pens gave us their own romance nomination in um, Brock and um, Jeff Carter. Here's the thing. I thought, like, oh, that's kind of random, but do you remember Halloween? Oh, did they... Wait, did they do like a couple's costume? They were Anna and Elsa. And apparently, I think Halloween, maybe the year before, they were like um, Ginger Spice and Baby Spice. Wow. I heard something about that. I don't, listen, I just I just saw something out of the corner of my eye. Um, if I'm wrong, don't tell me. Just Just let me pretend I'm right, please. Wow, that is a pairing that has flown under my radar, so you know? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I... When I look at them, they seem very similar to me. Like, they seem like same bare bones, slightly different guys built out of them. They both give off the same energy to me. And I think that's why they qualify as a bromance to the Pens players. Because they're looking at it 100% platonically. And I'm like, oh, it makes sense that they would be friends. I can see it. I'm not getting necessarily any narrative romantic tension, but I can see where they they would be friends. So if you're asking a straight guy who's the bromance on the team... I can see why they would answer that, but I think they're missing the romance equation. Well, that's what you think. That's what you think, yeah. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) sorry. They do call him Brock the Cock, so... You're right. And they call him Big Jeff Carter. So maybe they just have a shared love of... Eh, well. Big guys. (laughs) Yeah. Shared love of big. I mean, then they should both be all over Gino, shouldn't they? And they are, so... Yeah, yeah, but Gino, Gino plays hard to get, you know? He's he's mm-hmm. not going to remember your name. <laughs> he's going to make you do his push-ups for him. So maybe this is more accessible. Gino's also hung up over Brian Boyle, I think. Boyle was able to, like, outbig Gino. That's hard to do, you know? Yeah, do you ever think about how all our troubles started <laughs> when, when Brian Boyle and... Erod left. <laughs> I know. I was upset when we didn't sign Boyle again, but like it makes sense. Like he's old. I get it. But I was like, I liked him. So yeah, I but remember that time he scored between his legs, like while yeah, skating backwards? I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know. All of our troubles started with the Seattle Kraken. So, like, sorry, Jess, I blame you. Yeah. I think I brought this curse. I mean, maybe it wasn't Bob. Maybe it was me all along. <laughs> or maybe it was losing Tanev. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. That's Seattle, right? Yeah. So I just I don't know. <laughs> but say lovey. And there's so like thinking about like guys of teams past. There's so many 
character guys that I miss very deeply. Like Patrick Hornquist is one of them who now plays on the Panthers. Even though like reports have said he's like not very good anymore, but like the heart doesn't care. The heart just wants what it wants. Or like Connor Shari has always been like my, he was my little guy when I got into the thing with I was like I like him. He's short and he falls over a lot and I'm like great. I'll imprint on him. And um now he's a cap, so like he's regrettably dead to me, but you know, it's just like you think about all these guys that we've lost and it makes me relate a lot more to people who are multi-team fans because like I think fondly upon all these players and I don't root for their new teams but I'm like if I could construct like my dream team of like all the guys I want on the team I don't think the team would be very good if we're taking like the current (laughs) as they currently are but I just like thinking like wow if I could construct like my perfect team that I just got to like put in a snow globe and watch them play you know I, I would have a good time even though objectively on paper I don't think they'd be that great Speaking of constructing teams, the All-Star game is coming and Sidney Crosby is delighted, of course, to be <laughs> He's <nominated>. honored. <laughs> he feels privileged to be part of this. Well, I think, he'll, I think he'll enjoy himself. I think he'd probably miss his, like little trip out to Vale or whatever he would do otherwise plus are we gonna are we gonna see him flirt with Ovi that's what I that's what I'm saying is we're gonna get the smorgasbord of him flirting with all these guys and Jess you weren't around for the 2017 was it all-star game I'm trying to remember where Sid and Ovi played on on a line together is that the one where he's like, we're not here to make friends, and Ovi just stares off into the distance? Ovi stares off into the distance oh. and is like, no friends. <laughs> and you kind of get the feeling that he's uh, describing Sidney Crosby in that moment. <laughs> no, like, so we've seen him play together before, and, like, that was fun. So I think I think Sid will have a good time begrudgingly, even if he doesn't get his, like, seven days of yeah, he loves rest boys, and relaxation, you know? which he, he wouldn't be resting anyways. He would be practicing yeah. somewhere. But I would love to know who you would nominate you know at least for a little metro team who do you want on there that that's two skaters and one goalie well i want to see gino Ovi, and sid at the same all-star game because i think that would be very funny <laughs> well I, I've you know who voting. doesn't want that gino <laughs> yeah vote chad, vote chad. <laughs> my votes have been like i'm sorry jake but i have not been voting for jake and so i've been voting for for the metro i've been voting for gino I've been voting for Travis Konechny. Me too. Yeah. And I've been voting for <laughs> Carter Hart. So, um, oh, ooh, yeah. Interesting. I think it's because I have grudges against all the other Metro goalies. And, like, Jari, God bless his heart, is not uh, all-star material this year. So uh, I've just been – not that Carter Hart is either. But I'm like, why not? Maybe I think Travis Konechny needs, like, an emotional support friend because my favorite characterization of him is, like, a little dumb, a little, a little lost, and – a little afraid and i'm like i think he needs a little friend to go with him to the all-star game and i want him to go because i want sid to flirt with him and to hurt his little brain so that's my goal Oh, i thought to entice him to the pens well this too this that that's the ultimate end goal but just for just for the all-star game it's just to like make him a little confused i don't think tk i don't think he would be confused i think he's i think he'd flirt right back you know Remember when he tried to fight Sid and then he was like, I've been trying to get you to go for years. <laughs> I, I think he's channeling emotions he doesn't know the meaning of quite yet into anger. And I need him to hit the realization stage of what those emotions actually are. Okay. Right. And then him to evolve to a point where he's like, hi, Tortorella, can you talk to the GM? Because I need to get traded to my mortal enemy. And then we can move from there. But 
Yeah, I've been voting for flyers oh. for the Metro Division. So, like, wow. you made a joke about me not liking any other team. And, like, that's still true. But, like, maybe I've got some more wishy-washy feelings that you can solely basically blame, like, Ellie for at this point. But what can I say? TK is a charming little raccoon man. What about you, Jess? Um, I'm voting Gino and TK. And then goalies, I don't know. I hate them all, you know. <laughs> so. See my point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I want to vote, like, I wish you could, like, reverse vote somebody. Like, I could send a note to Shesterkin being like, I hate you, you know. <laughs> Voted to the all-loser team. Yeah. <laughs> Voting you out. Being kicked off the island. Goodbye. Uh, yeah, so, but you can leave your ballot blank. So that's what I did. I didn't pick a goalie. What? Yeah. What? You can do that? Yeah, you don't have to pick a full ballot. You can You've just been telling me that I've been voting for random guys I don't know from the Pacific this whole time. Oh, my God. Ugh, I've been wasting so much time trying to, like, pick who I hated least from, like, the ducks. Yeah, and I didn't want to vote. Well, oh, I did vote Trevor Zegras in because I think he's funny. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I didn't want to give votes to other guys that might, like, weigh against my guys. So I was like, oh, I think I can just do it by just voting for my guy, you know? So that's oh. what I... I would also okay. Wait, if you were gonna, we don't, we don't have to do this, but if you were gonna construct your all, what's the opposite of all star game? Like all, all loser all game, <laughs> all hated enemies game. <laughs> the no star team. I would send Chesterkin. I would send Connor McDavid. Oh my god, those are the two I have really strong. No, feelings Connor about. McDavid would send himself. <laughs> 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 This is your team, and this is a team where bad things are going to happen to them this weekend. You know, they're going to – it's not like bad things. Like, they're not going to be maimed or anything, but they're going to have a really shitty time (laughs) instead of going on vacation. There's a difference between, you know, like um, the the villain team, like the Disney villain team of guys I I have a grudge against and, like, NHL players who should be in prison. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Tom Wilson. Oh, Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be stuff like it's gonna be stuff like their luggage gets lost on the way, and they have to like wear oh. the same pair of clothes. Or it's like oh. I don't know, like um, like a pipe bursts in their hotel room, and then they have to like get up in the middle of the night and go sleep somewhere else or something. You know, like just like small horrible indignities. <laughs> can I send Tom Wilson twelve times? <laughs> yes, you can <laughs> vote for him answer. twelve times. Yeah, <laughs> he is my answer. Tom Wilson, Connor McDavid, Igor Sturkin. Oh, Jacob Truba. I mean, I also think he should be yes. in jail just because I hate his face. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> but Truba absolutely. easily, easily. Oh. oh my gosh, he's gonna step in some gum on the way in and then not be able to get it off his shoe. <laughs> I feel like I develop petty like vengeance parasocial relationships with random guys based off of like very little information. So like. It can be as petty as, like, someone puts, like, a ship I don't like on my dashboard. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I hate X player now. And it's like, I have no, like, I have concrete reasons for hating Tom Wilson. But, like, some of these other guys, I'm like, you were just in the wrong place in the wrong time, motherfucker. I'm so sorry. Yeah, well, send it. We got to fill the roster, you know. Send him to the all-loser game. (laughs) At that point, it's just the entire Rangers roster, though. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that would also be my vote. Patrice Bergeron not because I've heard he's a very lovely guy and unfortunately that's why I have to sentence him because I can't stand it when people are like oh my god he's the consummate captain and I'm like no that's Sidney Crosby banished <laughs> gone <laughs> sorry oh, yeah honestly, must, honestly yeah. I'm I, you know what I don't like is when people like really and 
this is the most hypocritical thing I'm ever gonna say. When people really hype up like prospects and like people who are gonna get drafted, I'm like, oh, I don't care. I don't care who what's his name Bedard is. Like, who is that? Send him to the game. <laughs> Send him to the game. <laughs> We're flushing our prospects down the drain. Goodbye. Also, that guy on the Capitals. Uh, that could Connor be many McMichael. of them. Connor, Connor McMichael, simply because um, his name makes me mad. Yeah, that's not right. Oh, you're a you're a hockey player called Connor McMichael. <laughs> to the game with you. Yeah. Also, also, can I just say? Can I just say? Tristan Jari is an all star to me. So I don't <laughs> care if you guys don't vote for him. I'm voting him in every time baby he seems he like he has a good time team. you know like i root for him i would like him to go to the all-star game he seems like he did he's a little confused when he was there him going with chris was the sweetest thing ever i really Aww. enjoyed that i feel like he's at his best at an all-star game when he has like a guy there with him you know yeah well, I, I i was kind of torn voting because like you know strategically there wasn't a single defenseman on the team so far so i just put in like po even though like it's not gonna happen but it's the closest to strategic i will ever come and then when i'm not thinking demon because like you know fuck it all forwards i think jason zucker would have an incredible time oh he'd be so fun (laughs) can i send jason zucker to the no star game but not as a participant but rather as a chaotic force who's fucking with all the participants i think that would be fun he's like the trickster god of the weekend you know he could like help uh develop some of the games that they have to play oh yeah 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 oh it should be like a committee of like zucker uh flower Not Sid, because Sid's idea of a prank is psychological torture. Yeah, yeah, we can't allow that. Yeah, it's like a bridge too far. If we could let Sid devise a Saw-like game of tortures for all the players he doesn't like, <laughs> that might get a little dangerous. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just excited to, you know, have the All-Star game soon. No stakes, just fun. Well, I say no stakes. If the Metro doesn't win, I'm going to be so mad. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know finally finally some rest and relaxation from Penn's hockey a spa day a spa day for us and that's why i say vote gino because um, i want to see him i don't because <laughs> you want because you want to ruin his vacation that's your goal yes yes please all right hashtag ruin gino's vacation we will see you all next episode goodbye If you'd like to react to the episode or write in with questions or topics for us to discuss, you can reach us at goodwoodpod on Tumblr or goodwoodpod at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.